launched this new company called Vox Pop Me. Helps big brands really do better sentiment analysis from consumers on whether it's products, market surveys, things like that. They got a team of 50 between the UK and the US, about 240 customers that pay on average, call it 1600 bucks a month historically, now closer to $40,000, $60,000 ACVs, doing about 400 grand per month in revenue. That's up to up from 250 grand per month back in July of 2017. They've got net negative revenue churn. That's about negative three to negative 5%. That's annually. Spending about 6,000 bucks to acquire a customer with a six month payback, assuming lifetime value. It's about 36 months or 150 grand. They raised 5 million, currently raising a series B, hoping to raise maybe 10 million on a 30 million pre. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dave Curthers. He's an entrepreneur specializing in high growth tech businesses and a video insight evangelist with global ambitions for growth and adventure. As CEO at VoxPopMe, he has redefined the possibilities of video for market research and customer feedback. Dave, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Good. All right. Tell us about the company. What's VoxPopMe do and how do you make money? Yeah, absolutely. So um, about six years ago, we had this idea that brands needed to get closer to consumers. They needed to understand uh, consumer feedback, what customers were saying about things, and that traditional ways of doing this just weren't up fit for purpose. You know, there'd been an explosion in, in mobile and in video, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. We're all going towards more video. You know, um, live Facebook Live, you know, Snapchat Stories, all of these things were starting to evolve. And it just, consumers were more comfortable than ever recording and sharing video uh, in a selfie style. So we wanted to leverage that trend as a way for brands to, um, to be able to solicit feedback directly from their customers um, from a video perspective. Um, what we found was the video was, uh, was kind of uh, provided a really deep kind of connection. And so, Dave, if I'm in, if I'm in, I'm making this up. If I'm in Burger King and I, and I just checked out and I just finished my Whopper and I post a Snapchat about, oh my gosh, I'm stuffed. This Whopper was so good. How does your tech know that you know we're not friends on Snapchat? How does it know that I mentioned Burger King and pull that video out for the sentiment analysis by Burger King? Yeah. So what we actually did is we've done a couple of things. The first was we created a mobile app that basically allowed brands access to consumers at an instant. So they could push a question they wanted. So think more kind of market research, you know, you're Burger King, you're, you want to get feedback on the new, new Whopper recipe. You push a question out, you know, how, who's had a Whopper in the last, you know, 30 days, we screen people in, they'll then record, what did you think about it? And, and things like that. Our technology then takes all of that video, transcribes it, theme codes it, sentiment scores it, and basically makes analyzing a big set of unstructured video data fast, effective, and easy. How do you set up that incentive structure, though? Because I can tell you, every time I go into CVS, they say, hey, at the bottom of the coupon, go take our quiz. We want to know what your experience was like. I never, ever, ever have actually done it. So how are you actually getting consumers to go in and take the time to send that and answer that question from Burger King? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways. So with our with our mobile app, the incentive is is cash. Cash is always king. You know, people don't want vouchers or the chance to maybe win an iPad. You know, one in a 
20,000 or whatever. So um, consumers are rewarded with cash rewards. You know, the typical reward for taking a survey is like 15 to 20 pence for like 20 minutes work, which is why there's such a big problem with doing so we made our kind of video response a premium response. We pay about a dollar to a dollar fifty for each response that people leave, and when they get to fifteen dollars, they can they can cash out. Um, the other way our technology is being used is we're actually rather than people having to download an app and sign up to be part of our panel, um, brands like Burger King or CVS can actually drop our technology into their surveys um, that are promoted on the receipt to allow video within there. But where our view is is that. You know, no one wants, like you said, you never took the survey because it's like 30 questions. It's all about the brand and what they care about. If you just want to give some feedback, you want to talk in that way. And what we found is that people tell you about six to eight times more just by talking. You know, they find it far easier to articulate themselves um, verbally than they do in a kind of written form. It's faster to talk. It's, it's faster to talk and it's just the way we're doing. I mean, look at what we're doing now. You know, you imagine we'd have had a back and forth this whole conversation. You know, it's just way easier to do it in this way. Mm-hmm. So, so how do the consumers, again, how would someone listening right now know that, oh, hey, Burger King just released a survey. You could go make a dollar if you respond. Yeah, so I mean, um, first they could download the Vox Pop Me app from the App Store, so it's available for iOS and, and, and Android, as you'd imagine. Um, so you can just download that and sign up. And Wait, Dave, that seems like huge, huge friction. Have you had success getting people to download that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we yeah we have thousands of users using the app every day. Um, so I mean, obviously there's a financial incentive. But people don't have to do that, you know, in terms of like the CVS um, version you meant, like the survey that you mentioned. So I would say that was where we started the journey as a company. Hey, let's build an app and let's give um, uh, these brands access to consumers. But what, what became obvious to us was a lot of our, our first client was actually Manchester City Soccer Club. They said, hey, we're already doing these surveys can you put your technology into these surveys so we developed a way to put our video capture into essentially any data collection survey collection thing and now all of a sudden our total addressable market was any survey in the world and what we've really become is the kind of gold standard for video in, into any survey so all of the big survey platforms you know whether it's a Qualtrics a Cypher SurveyMonkey whatever if, if customers want to put video questions into those platforms they're coming to us embedding our tech because on the back end we've got really kind of great analytics um, on the back end to kind of um, sort through all of that and structure and, and what's your revenue model is it, is it a pure play SaaS business make it much easier because one of the key reasons Oh, sorry. What was that? Sorry. No, Dave, what I was just saying, and what's, how do you make money? What's, is it a pure play SaaS business? Uh, yeah. So our clients um, t- um, take a subscription uh, typically. Um, we do have clients that work with us on an ad hoc basis, so they want to do just one specific uh, project. But yeah, typically a client that has a subscription, they'll buy t- you know, 2,500, 5,000, 10,000 videos to use over a 12-month period, and they'll use those and deploy those in multiple different ways um, to connect with different audiences. And I I don't want to go down, I'm sure you have a lot of different customer stories you could share. I want to avoid going down every cohort, but what would you say on average a customer is paying per month or per year? Yeah, I mean, I would say probably our uh, average customers are probably spending forty to $50,000 a year with us. Yep. And Um, how many videos do they get for that? uh, For for that kind of uh, investment, they're getting probably around 5,000 videos. Okay, interesting. So it's about 10, you, you basically charge $10 per video response. You have a dollar to a dollar fifty cost in terms of getting the consumer to send that video and then you probably have other costs built in as well. 
yeah, there's other costs of, you know, the transcription and the theme code and servers and hosting and, and things like that and cost of sale. But yeah, so that's kind of the model. Uh, and then we have an ad hoc model where if you just want to do a one-off project, it's 35 bucks a video. So it, yeah, it kind of fluctuates between that kind of 10 and 35 bucks range. And um, I mean, it's been great. Our, our, our clients really break down into three cohorts. Um, the first being like major brands. So people like Microsoft, eBay, Verizon, um, using this technology extensively. Then we power a lot of the market research agencies, so people like Kantar and Nielsen and the big research agencies, um, that's about 45% each for those cohorts. And then the final 10% is is kind of partnerships. And we're really kind of becoming this Intel inside. There's lots of platforms now that solicit in customer feedback that maybe are, you know have very, very strong technology, but they haven't solved the video challenge. So rather than want to, you know, you know, we live in this world where people realize they don't have to build everything themselves. So, you know, we've got a very um, strong API and integration um, options. So we're powering video across, you know, some of the up and coming players, people like uh, Zappy Store and Fuel Cycle in the space. And how many customers have you scaled to today? Uh, right now we've, uh, got 240 active customers. Okay. So very much an enterprise kind of business model. Yeah. Enterprise business model. Um, we've venture funded, um, we raised a series A about, um, six months ago. How much total have you raised? Uh, total we raised, uh, $5 million. Okay. Five. Got it. And then in terms of, again, a revenue perspective, 240 customers at that $40,000 average ACV that puts you at what, somewhere around 800 grand per month right now in revenue. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, this, um, yeah, I mean, I think the ACV, I mean, we've got a big cohort of clients that are kind of on the smaller end of the scale. So yeah, I would say, um, yeah, a little bit, bit, bit lower than that, about $400,000 per month. Okay. 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 Got it. So, so maybe new customers you're adding are around that, that $40,000 ACV, but legacy wise, you're doing about 400 grand per month right now. Yeah. 400 grand a month. And yeah, I would say kind of, you know, we've got, you know, great churn metrics and kind of ARRs going up about kind of uh, 25, 30% quarter on quarter. So yeah, it's, 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 it's scaling. Um, I actually um, moved from the UK uh, to the US about two years ago. So that's been a big part of it. You know, when, when I first moved over here, uh, the US was just 5% of our business. Uh, it's now 70%. So we're kind of up to 50 people head, total headcount. Um, kind of split half and half between the UK and the US. And then we've got a couple of people down in Sydney and Australia. All of us in the software world also have subscriptions to a thousand different software platforms, and it can be challenging to figure out which ones you should invest your time and energy in versus ones ones you should ignore. So, I mean, I had this problem. We're scheduling hundreds, actually thousands of B2B SaaS CEOs for this podcast, and I needed a good tool to manage all the scheduling. So I went to Captera and essentially looked at who ranked highest, who had the best reviews, and narrowed it down to essentially a book of fee, a pointlet, and acuity scheduling. I now use a combination of these three tools tools to do efficient appointment scheduling. Now, what Captera has built is extremely impressive. I don't know if you guys know this, 700,000 reviews of products from real software users help you discover everything and really make an informed decision. They cover over 700 specific categories of software from project management, which we have a lot of these CEOs on the show, TML marketing to yoga studio management software. They really do cover a ton. So, if you want to get started on Captera today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business, and quite frankly, save time and energy on all your software expenses, we all spend a lot on it, visit nathanlacka.com forward slash Captera. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A to get started today. Totally free. Give me real quick that, that year over year growth rate. So 400 grand today, what were you doing in July of 2017 a year ago? 
yeah, July 27, a year ago, we were probably doing 250. And then a okay. year before that, we were probably doing like 75. That's great. So, yeah, you know, call it Dublin averaging, maybe a double, double year over year, which is great, great growth. Absolutely. Yeah. You said churn numbers are really healthy. What are they and how do you measure them? Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we've, we've, as, as the business has migrated, you know, we started off, you know, market research is so kind of not used to buying things on a subscription. They used to very kind of episodic kind of project by project basis. So we had an initial challenge to move people into that model, which we've done. And we're now moving more into the customer experience space because it's that always, always um, on, on listening. So we've got about half of our business that's on an ad hoc kind of page to go, but then of that, cohort 85% of repeat customers doing regular projects. So, um, but then on our pure subscription um, basis, we, you know, we have all our figures. We actually use a piece of software called uh, chart mogul, which I'm sure many listeners are familiar with. So that kind of pulls out all of our, our, our SAS metrics. So we have negative MRR, Jen. How much? How negative? Uh, it's about uh, three to 5%. Okay. That's um, great. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. We're seeing very high renewal rates and, and, and growth. And um, yeah, I mean, our biggest challenge, we're just in the process now raising a Series B round. Um, you know, a lot of that investment um, is going to go into kind of focus on growth and customer success. You know, we're, we've got this engine of acquiring clients, but uh, again, we kind of want to really invest in growing them. You know, you know, when a Verizon or a Microsoft spends 50, 100K a year, like, you know, that is a fraction of their research budget. They, you know, accounts like that need to be, you know, 500K accounts. Yep. So we're, uh, we're really kind of uh, investing and going deeper and wider. And, you know, we're also seeing some really interesting use cases for the, our technology that we hadn't maybe perhaps considered. Dave, round up the unit economics. What are you paying to acquire customers? What's your CAC? Yes. Yeah, so um, from a CAC perspective, we're, um, I would say typically um, over the last... 12 months, it probably averages out to about $6,000. Okay. Um, kind of fully baked. And so what does that mean then your payback period is typically? Um, the payback, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the payback period is usually less than six months. Okay, six months, got it. Um, very good. And I didn't get this early on, but I want to put this all on a timeline real quick. When did you launch the company? What year? Yeah, sorry. So yeah, the company launched in 20, 2013. Um, and yeah, it really kind of, um, you know, we were angel funded, you know, found bootstrap for a little bit, founder funded. And then we had, we actually kind of ended up going on this journey of a lot of, we did like probably eight angel rounds that were always small incremental, which, you know, in hindsight, I would never do again. Was it on the same term sheet that you just let roll over time or was brand new terms? It was constant. I mean, it was always kind of just ordinary shares, no preference and stuff but it was always kind of like you know you know we'll raise 200 at you know 600k we'll raise another 200 at 1.2 and then 1.8 because we were sharing this good trajectory but it, it meant we always had like four to five months runway six months runway and we we're always then constantly renegotiating because we weren't so yeah that would be a, a bigger lesson would be to try and um you know raise so so what are you raising now you said you're raising series b how much do you want to raise uh, yeah, so our price to raise ten million dollars, um, yeah. which you know is a, is a, obviously modest and compared to some of today's Series B rounds. But I think you know, given our A round was only two and a half million, it kind of um, you know it's kind of relevant to where we're at as a business in a, at a stage. And if you do get the ten million, what is your goal in terms of what valuation you raise it on? What would you feel comfortable with? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting. I've been do, digging in and doing a lot of kind of research on various metrics um, and trying to like really dial in on our space because you've got to really kind of look at comparable businesses in yep. the same market, not just pick, oh, well, this SaaS company did this and stuff. So, you know, we've seen a lot of companies raising on kind of four and a half to five times next year's projected revenue at this stage. We've also seen kind of typical any variations between eight to 12 times current year's revenue. Um, so um, it's those kind of things that were kind of those kind of parameters that we're looking at in, in between. So you're doing between four and five right now in terms of AR run rate. I mean, are you saying you're hoping to get like a $30 million pre-money valuation, something like that? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that would be the kind of region that, um, that we're looking at. Yeah. 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 So it'd give you, you know, you're selling 25% of your business, right? Yeah. At this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think most of that, will you be able to raise that? Are you doing most of that state side or are you raising from folks overseas? Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Clearly there's uh, the, the, the UK and US venture markets are slightly different um, in terms of their approach. Um, kind of the US more of a kind of go big or go home approach, whereas the UK may be a bit more conservative and smaller rounds and, you know, more, more wanting to see more traction points I would say um, so we're having conversations on, on kind of both sides of both sides of the problem at the moment um, some prominent U- European VCS and also some prominent kind of guys on the on the East Coast that's great uh, last two economics questions here before we wrap up with the famous five lifetime value in terms of months and dollars what do you assume both those are yeah so we've been kind of doing some work on this and there's some some different ways of doing that obviously what we feel is that over the last 12 months we're bringing in a very different type of customer to some of our historic data you know it's more enterprise it's bigger sure to six figure um things so you know we're, we're looking at kind of lifetime value as um kind of you know looking at kind of three years spend which but we also think like looking at the average spend we're talking that more um, kind of more at that 50k length. So probably 150 to 200k lifetime value as an average is where we want to be getting to appreciating that we've got this kind of long tail of smaller clients that are still, you know, very kind of, um, you know, important to the business. Um, but we, you know, there's a big nucleus of clients that could really, you know, five and 10 X their, their current spend. Yep. Makes good sense. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, favorite business book. Um, I um, read um, the latest Ben Horowitz book. Um, hard hard was, thing about uh, hard things. That was a really yeah hard thing about hard things. That was probably a, a book that gave me uh, a great deal of perspective. Um, and then also, Rand Fi- a guy called Rand Fishkin just launched a book called Lost and Founder, um, which was a very kind of brutally honest story of kind of his journey and how they had an offer and uh, they didn't take it, and you know down the line and you know some of his kind of. She struggles as a CEO. So yeah, Lost and Founded by Rand Fishkin is also one that I've read most recently that I enjoyed. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I, I don't know. I would say I just kind of, I wouldn't say it was anyone. I just say, I, you know, I try and invest a lot of time in personal development and, and you know, read obviously a lot of blogs and, and, and articles. I would say, um, you know, uh, obvious choice, but someone like Jason Lemkin at Sastra, I read a lot of the stuff that he's publishing and podcasts and, and I think that's a good event and stuff. So more of a former CEO. Number three, what's an online tool that you use daily to grow the business? Uh, HubSpot. Absolutely love it. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting battle because our CMO wants to move over to Salesforce and stuff. And there's this, you know, it's got this great integration of sales and marketing. The reporting is maybe not as good as it should be, but yeah, by far uh, and away, yeah, my favorite tool right now with all the sequencing and things like that. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? 
Um, so yeah, so I mean, I had a, uh, I would say um, probably about eight right now. Okay. A bit early and rise. I'm definitely an early riser. I get up about five every morning. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Yeah, married, uh, married, three kids and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of. Um, I actually just wrote a blog post about kind of my struggle as a CEO to find that work right balance. And you know, I was, I think I was traveling 122 days out of 180 this year um, so, so far, and I kind of committed to spending 70 percent of my time now um, at home in Park City in Utah and 30 percent on the road. So just being as we've scaled, you know, just being a lot more selective about when I travel, why I travel. Um, you know, and realizing that I've got a good team around me that can do some of these meetings. So, so uh, yeah, it's definitely had some perspective over the last couple of weeks. And Dave, how old are you? Uh, 35 in two days. Time. Okay, early, happy early birthday. Take us home here with the last, last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, just, uh, the, um, well, I mean, the, 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 the thing I would say is that, Kind of age twenty, I, I had a business, made a ton of money, uh, and assumed that life. What, what's a what's a ton of money? How much did you make when you were young? Uh, when I was twenty, I was making uh, around forty thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Um. So that went on for two, three, four years. Um. Thought like nothing could go wrong. Um. Invested in a lot of real estate, set up a business, and then the property market crashed, and uh, uh, yeah, my business partner left and went to Dubai, and yeah, basically. Down to bankrupt and how to start again from zero, get rid of my 911, buy a crappy car for a thousand dollars. Like, so what's the lesson? The, yeah, the lesson was um, appreciate what you've got, um, never get complacent. Um, and um, yeah, don't. guys, there you have it. Appreciate what you got, never get complacent again. From Dave 2013, launched this new company called Vox Pop Me, helps big brands really do better sentiment analysis from consumers on whether it's products, market surveys, things like that. They got a team of 50 between the UK and the US, about 240 customers that pay on average, caught 1600 bucks a month historically, now closer to 40, 60,000 ACVs, doing about 400 grand per month in revenue. That's up to up from 250 grand per month back in July of 2017. They've got net negative revenue churn, that's about negative three to negative 5%, that's annually. Spending about 6,000 bucks to acquire a customer with a six month payback, assuming lifetime value, it's about 36 months or 150 grand. They've raised 5 million, currently raising a series B, hoping to raise maybe 10 million on a 30 million pre. Dave, good luck and thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks man, appreciate it.